Hey y'all, it's good to see you tonight. Um, my name is Jonathan, I'm the campus minister here with RUF. Uh, if you're uh, from New Mexico State and you see some new faces, we have some friends from UTEP who are here tonight. So uh, greet them and say hey to them. So uh, UTEP, we're glad y'all could be here. Um, so tonight, well first of all, great job to Ian. If you see him, oh, where'd he go? Oh, he probably went to play basketball. Um, slap him on the back because it's scary to come up and tell your peers uh, something that you're fighting and struggling with and about sin in your life. So, um, yeah, that's, I'm really, that's good stuff. So, um, welcome to Large Group. It's good to see all of you tonight. Tonight's message is going to be a little abbreviated because I want to try and get us out of here as quickly as possible so that we're going to go over and cheer on the uh, RUF basketball team playing in their semifinal game. So, let's see how fast I can get through this. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> So a couple quick notes. First, no large group next week um, because it's Thanksgiving break. So if you show up here, I will not be here. So uh, funnier than I thought it was going to be. But <laughs> 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 um, and then uh, so we will be here the next week, December 3rd. And that will be the last large group of the semester. Uh, and it will be Christmas themed. Um, so, so tonight, that means that we are going to wrap up our study of John. Um, and we've been following through uh, with John's gospel all semester, looking at uh, who Jesus claims to be, uh, specifically through these signs he does and these statements he makes about himself. And all of those have been hurling us towards uh, what we saw last week was the crucifixion and what we're going to look at this week, which is Jesus' resurrection. And um, <laughs> the resurrection is a huge topic in Christianity, and there's no way I can talk about it all in... Um, 12 minutes, but um, we're going to look at one piece of it tonight, and that's uh, why John writes about the resurrection, what he wants us to do after we think about the resurrection. And, and what John wants us to do, what he, he, he writes about the resurrection to get us to elicit, to build up trust. In his word, he says it's, it's to, that we may believe. He writes basically this whole book, all of John is written, he tells us, so that we can believe in who Jesus is and what he's done. He tells us about the resurrection to prompt our trust or to prompt our belief. So um, I'm going to read just a little text right after Jesus has um, been raised from the dead or is resurrected. And he appears to one of his uh, friends, one of his disciples, who's struggling to believe. Uh, and so some of you have probably read this before. It's uh, Thomas who has kind of a reputation for his doubt, his lack of belief. And so uh, if you have the bulletin, look on me with the text. Now, this is God's word. Now Thomas, one of the twelve called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the marks of the nails and place my finger in the marks of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, the, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas said to them, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put, in, put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. 
Would you pray with me? Lord, as we take the next few minutes, uh, short as they are, and look at your word, I pray that you would be with us. I pray that your spirit would illumine this text and increase our faith. Help us to believe. Help us to trust. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So last week, I, I was talking with a student, and she said something that I think is kind of summative for most students in, in the college phase of life. She said, I want to believe in Jesus, but it just feels so disconnected from all my problems. I want to believe in Jesus, but he just feels so disconnected from everything that I'm living in right now in my day-to-day life. And, and it, it, hit, it hit something. I was like, you're absolutely right. <laughs> Trust in Jesus is hard. Trusting Jesus can be really, really hard. And Jesus understands that. John understands that. He tells this story about Thomas. Thomas, here's this person who's been walking with Jesus for three years. And he sees Jesus brutally executed, killed in one of the most horrific ways. He sees him die. He sees like blood and water, which is the sign of death. He sees him flayed open. He's, he's like, this guy's dead. He's dead. There's no way he can come back. And then all of a sudden, his friends come and say, we've seen Jesus, he's alive. And he's like, no, absolutely preposterous. He says, unless I have empirical evidence that as I touch Jesus' body, I will never believe. He says, unless, and this is interesting, he says, unless Jesus is close to where I am, unless Jesus is close to my situation, close to my life, I'm not going to believe. I sense a disconnect. You say that Jesus is here and he's risen, but he's not in my world. I don't see him part of my problems. I'm not going to believe. Unless he comes close, I'm not going to believe. He feels the disconnect between the resurrection claim and his own experience. Unless Jesus is right here solving my problems, I can't trust this. It's too outrageous. It's too disconnected from my life. And some of you feel that way. I'd know because I've talked with many of you. I would venture to say that for some of us, we don't even demand the physical evidence. For many of us, I think we want that experiential or that emotional evidence, that closeness that Thomas wants. I find myself there all the time. I'm asking questions like, unless God solves my budget problems, unless God solves my scholarship problems, Unless God solves the distance that I feel between him and me when I try and read my Bible, I'm not going to believe. Unless God resolves or removes this sin problem in my life, I will never believe. And my point in this, I think, is, is, I hope is pretty clear for everyone in this room, Christian, non-Christian, not sure where you are, is that trust in Jesus is hard because we all feel this disconnect a lot of the time in our spiritual life where we're like, we, we, we know the claims of Christianity, that Jesus is the king of the universe, that he's a resurrected God, and yet at the end of the day, we have these things that say like, meh. I don't want to believe this because it just feels really removed from the day-to-day life of a hard test that I have tomorrow. Or whatever the the thing is that you're... We experience daily lives of friendship drama, of short money, of not having money, of failing or struggling in classes, 
aggravating coworkers, of family conflict, and all of these things are so present and urgent in front of our minds, they're so important, that when we read something or hear something like Jesus is resurrected from the dead, we're like, I don't care. I don't, like, this just doesn't have urgency appeal in my life right now. How can this event 2,000 years ago matter and affect my very practical problems? And so we struggle to trust like Thomas, don't we? And John is writing tonight to say, yes, and the resurrection meets us right in that moment, right in that place. So the problem is that it's hard to believe. And John says, and the resurrection meets us right there. How does it do that? Well, I think the first thing that's important to notice is that it takes time for that to happen. Look at verse 26. He says in verse 27, he says, I will never believe. And then we skip over these words because they're really easy to read. Eight days later, (laughs) it took him a week of not believing. There were eight days where he's hanging out with the disciples and they're like, we, I'm telling you, Thomas, we saw him. And he's like, no, I, I, I," he lasted a week of him not believing. And it's really easy for us to skip over those, those three words, but I think they're really important that he went a full week in the midst of that disconnect, in the midst of that, I will not believe. And I think there's something there that sometimes God leaves us in that spiritual disconnect for a time to push us, to make us dig into our own spirituality, to make us dig into a community that's going to make us grow in our faith. That he's going to push us to, to ask the hard questions, to engage with Scripture, with each other, with pastors, with friends. So if you're in that disconnect, give God time to work. Give it time. Wait, be patient. And just as God has been faithful to you in the past, just as he was faithful to Thomas to show himself eventually, he won't leave you in that disconnect forever. I don't know if it's going to be eight days. I don't know if it's going to be a month. I don't know if it's going to be a decade. But God will not leave you in that disconnect. Jesus comes to Thomas and reveals himself. Thomas was stuck there, but Jesus eventually does show himself to us. So look at verse 27. Look what Jesus does. Jesus comes to Thomas and he gives him exactly what he asked of him. He says, you want empirical evidence? Boom, exactly what you asked for. The reason why you say you couldn't believe, you wouldn't believe, here it is, touch me. And I think what Jesus does here is really profound because I think a lot of the time we think, if only Jesus would touch me, if only Jesus would let me give me empirical evidence, then I would believe. And I'm not sure that that's actually the case. Jesus is doing more than just giving empirical evidence. He's he's basically saying the reason that you don't believe or trust me, it's not not what's external to you. It's It's not the evidence itself. It's something inside of you. It's something internal within you. It's not that you have evidence or don't have empirical scientific evidence. The problem he says, is not something that's outside of you whether or not you have evidence. The problem is your lack of faith. And that the truth of the resurrection is external. It's independent of how you feel about it, Thomas. I'm resurrected. I'm alive. I'm moving about in this world whether or not you feel like I'm resurrected or not. Whether or not you are... He says it doesn't really matter 
if you touch me or not. What matters is, are you willing to trust that I am alive? And that's the proof of when he says later on, he says, blessed are those who have seen and have not believed. That he's saying it's less about the physical evidence and more about are you willing to trust? He says it doesn't really matter what kind of proof you want. If you want experience or evidence, I'm alive. Now what are you going to do with it? Are you going to trust me? Don't harden your heart. Don't concoct reasons to mistrust. And he says, do not disbelieve, but believe. And I think that's true of us today. It doesn't really matter what you think or what you feel about the resurrection. It's true. It's an event that happened in history. And if you're like, Jonathan, that's impossible. Come talk to me. It's one of the most clear... I mean, it's just... The the amount of research that has gone into this is overwhelming to say that the resurrection absolutely happened. It's miraculous. It's astounding. It's outrageous to claim. And it happened. We can say scientifically that this thing happened, external to how you feel about it. And so then Jesus says... What are you going to, are you going to, are you willing to trust regardless of how you feel about it? John says, what greater sign of power can I show you that Jesus is who he claims to be and that he won't leave you, that he won't abandon you, and that Jesus is this person who is outside of how you feel about him, resurrected, sitting on a throne right now, ruling and ordaining and directing our lives. There's no greater evidence than that. And so he gives Thomas this subtle rebuke in verse 29. He says, Have you believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. He's saying that those who trust without necessarily seeing, those who are able to say, Yes, I've looked at evidence. I can't necessarily see Jesus. And yes, sometimes I feel this disconnect between my very real problems and the resurrection. And yet I'm going to trust in the gospel. Jesus says there's a blessing that comes from that. That's us, y'all. That's the people in this room who are willing to make this this statement of, yes, I trust that Jesus is alive And that if he's alive, that he's working in our world and even in our very real problems of financial aid (laughs) and of friendship and roommate drama and of having to go home on a Thursday next week and have to spend time with family that's going to be awkward and hard. Like that somehow in the midst of that, Jesus is at work and we're called to trust him in that. So how does, that, how does this apply if there's the problem that it's hard to believe and the solution that Jesus is resurrected? How does this apply? Well, I think it means that you and I have to find the hard places in our lives where we struggle to trust. And we have to apply and massage and knead the gospel, the resurrection into those places. I've said this to many of you in one-on-ones. That we have to find the places. In fact, this is what Ian and I have done. Is we find, as we meet, he and I meet, find the places where the resurrection has not made contact, where it is that disconnect from his life, and together through New York Times articles, through talking, through processing, through scripture, massaging the resurrection into those places. That we all have places, we all have areas in our lives where we're not trusting the resurrection. Maybe that's true for some of you. Money, grades, shame, family. For right now, for me, (laughs) I'll be honest, it's parenting. 
Parenting's really hard. I love my daughter. <laughs> Jeff gets it. Jeff's, <laughs> Jeff's, Jeff's deeper in this than I am. I only have one. He's got three. <laughs> but I love my daughter. Y'all know I love my daughter. I talk about her. I show you pictures of all the time. But y'all, at 4 a.m. when she starts fussing, it's just so frustrating. It's, it's just, it's brutal. And when she's, you know, you have to get out of bed. You have to go take care of her. And normally she's just got her head stuck in a corner of a crib. And you just pull her back. And it <laughs> wakes her up. And she starts screaming more. And you're just like, oh, I just want to sleep. Or like every morning without fail, I'm reading my Bible. And I set her, I give her a bottle. And she drinks the bottle. And I just start to get like, okay, I'm trying to like read my Bible and pray. And I just start praying. And I see she's crawled her way into a corner and starts chewing on, an, on like a electric cord. And I'm like, ugh, she's going to die. So I have to go get her out of the cord, you know, get her off this cord and put her someplace else. And then I have to go back and be like, where was I? Reading and praying. And over and over again, she pushes me to ask the question, like, am I willing to trust God in the midst of this frustrating disconnect? Like, God, the resurrection is true, but I am stuck in the grind of parenting and it's really hard. And for me, my spirituality is massaging somehow that God is good and that he is in control and that he loves me. And the proof of those things is the resurrection. And somehow that applies when my daughter is chewing on a 110 cord, a 110 volt cord. And I have to figure out that how. And it's hard. God is using parenting, even that disconnect, to massage the resurrection into the places where I don't trust. And the proof of all this is not how I feel about God or how I feel about Phoebe. The proof is that Jesus is resurrected from the dead. And that I am in the process of massaging and kneading that truth into my heart. And you are called to that same process of applying the resurrection into your trust areas. One of the most fundamental claims of Christianity boils down to this, is that all of our issues that we deal with on a day-to-day level can be boiled down to trusting in Jesus. All of our issues, financial aid, boyfriend issues, girlfriend issues, sexuality issues, family issues, all of them can be boiled down to trusting in Jesus. And the apex of trust in Jesus is the resurrection. That God is somehow at work in the midst of all of that. I don't know how it works. And yes, sin is complicated. And it's really hard. And it's a complicated, messy thing. But that's what it boils down to, is trusting that God is at work. That he is good. That he is for me. That he loves me. That he's trustworthy. That he's powerful. And the proof of all of those is in the resurrection. And that's why John writes the next two verses, which are probably my favorite verses in this whole book. He says, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you, and this is one of the only moments I know of in the Bible where it it sucks out of the, the narrative of the book and starts talking to the readers, talking to you, that you may what? Trust that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Do you trust like that? Where are the places where you're not trusting? For some of you, that could be trusting for the first time. For some of you, it could be trusting for the thousandth time that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you have life. 
I'll finish this. I'm going to read probably my favorite chapter, a, a couple of verses from my cha favorite chapter in the Bible. This is from 2 Corinthians 4. Since we have the same spirit of trust according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us into his presence. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for the eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, thanks for your goodness. Thanks for your word. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to trust this week, this month, and that you would be king in all of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.